The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. today and in this week for lots of different reasons. I had originally said if you were watching Ask Dr. Green on Tuesday that we were going to do this show yesterday and then we couldn't. I needed to be somewhere. And then normally we start at 10 o'clock but we're starting just before 10.30 today because I had some place I had to be at 10 and some place I got to be at 11.30. And that's just sort of the nature of how things are right now. For those of you who might be watching for the first time, welcome. I'm Shannon Penrod. I'm a proud pony that is a parent of a neurodiverse individual. And thrilled and excited to be here with you. If you're somebody who's been with us before and you're like, Shannon, what's going on? We haven't seen as many shows lately. I wanna, first of all, give you a hug and tell you thank you for being patient with us. Lots going on. We took a little bit of a hiatus. As you know, Dr. Grant Pichet, she uh, was the founder of CARD. She then sold CARD in 2018 to retire and come play here with me to do this and then CARD filed bankruptcy and she bought it back from bankruptcy, uh, which is exciting. And uh, so now she is exceptionally busy doing that and she asked me to step into the role of Director of Parent Relations at CARD, which I have proudly done. But it means our schedules are changing a little bit. So we're gonna be uh, hitting you with some new times, new programming, new whatever. We're not going away, don't be worried about that. We're here, we've been here for 13 years, we're not going away. But it does mean that there will be some changes. Also, we got a new fabulous producer, Chris Desmond, has joined our team, and he's amazing. And you guys are going to see some really fun things because he has a wonderful sense of humor and is a brilliant filmmaker. So we're very excited that he's here. In any case, we're live joining you right now with this um, really important topic that I'm thrilled to be talking about. I, I have a feeling we will also rerun this on Monday so that uh, people get to see it if they're not finding it today. But what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about Halloween success and what we can be doing right now to set ourselves up for success. I want to remind all of you right now that this program is meant for 
everyone in the autism community, whether you are the individual who is themselves on the spectrum or you are someone who loves someone on the spectrum. That's really what we're about here at Autism Live and the Autism Network. We, our mission is to provide information and inspiration. Uh, so we hope that you will interact. Our, our live chat is open right now. If you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or a dozen other sites, and Chris will start to show those to you at some point on the screen here. But we're everywhere that you might get a podcast and everywhere that something can be live and free to you. Uh, we hope that you'll check us out, that you'll like us, that you'll share us, that you will tag other people and let them know uh, and, and share the content, really, because that's what it's about. We also want to make you aware of the fact that we have advertisers, of course, on the podcast. Let me, go, let me step back for a second and say we do the show live. We love the interaction live. If you're watching, let me know. I can see chat right here. I know it's a different time, but hope that uh, some of you are tuning in. And then we can have a conversation in real time. If you are wanting to watch later on, the whole show is available on YouTube. Usually it's available same day or next day that it's available on YouTube. And we have a library of videos, 13 years. My hair literally went white while we were doing this show. Um, it happens, right? So you can search topics, all kinds of things. But we're also available as an audio podcast. So, and I know that a lot of you like to listen in audio because you like to take us with you. We love that. When you, wherever you're watching us, you're seeing advertisements. But if you would like to see, listen to the show ad-free, uh, many of you have written to us and said, I really love the show. I'd love to have it without the ads. Easy way to do that now. If you go to glow, G-L-O-W dot F-M slash Autism Live. That's G-L-O-W dot F-M slash Autism Live. Chris has got it up there for you on the screen if you're watching. And then it will offer to you, I think it's $5 a month, but you get a discount if you do it for the entire year. And that's because they charge us so much to process the money that we, um, if we don't have to do that every month, there's a huge savings. And so it's less if you buy it for the year. We want to make sure that savings gets to you. If you don't mind the advertisement and you're good with that, we enjoy and appreciate you listening to it with the ads as well. Either way, it's open to you, whichever you want to do. I also want to remind everybody that it used to be that all the podcasts that we did were under Autism Live, and we have sort of split off now. So there's Autism Live and Ask Dr. Doreen. Ask Dr. Doreen has so much content on its own that we really felt that it was well past time that it should be its own podcast. That is what Autism Network is wanting to do, is birth more podcasts. And, and I feel like the gestation period on Ask Dr. Doreen was you know, 13 years. So it's, it's already a teenager, but we just birthed it on its own. So please make sure if you subscribe to Autism Live, and I hope that you do, now you'll want to subscribe to Ask Dr. Doreen. We've been giving you both feeds on Autism Live, and that's about to stop. So please make sure that you subscribe to the Ask Dr. Doreen content uh, because you'll want to make sure that you can get both. Okay, uh, I appreciate you guys for being here. So now we're going to talk about my 10 tips for Halloween success. Here's the thing. You may or may not celebrate Halloween, and you may or may not do it because of the sensory issues that come for our kiddos. 
So I've given you 10 tips here of what I and other parents have found over the decades to be successful so that you can actually have a really wonderful communal, if you choose to, Halloween. Uh, you guys know the drill. I'm going to run through these really quick once and without giving much explanation about what they are, and then I'm going to go back and explain ad nauseum. <laughs> okay, uh, so first one. <clears throat> Excuse me, now I got a frog in my throat. Here are, here are my top 10 tips. First one, get the costume ASAP. I mean yesterday. Order that costume, get it. I'm going to tell you why when we do the longer one. Number two, you want to rehearse. Get that costume and you're going to rehearse. You're going to set up stations in your house and play trick or treat. You can't expect them to do it on the first day without rehearsals. So rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Number three, uh, make rules about the candy and decide what you want to what rule you want to make before anything happens before the candy goes into the pumpkin know what the rules are and be talking about what the rules are number four you want to like not just put all of it on the the day on on October 31st you want to celebrate little small things to get the season in all throughout the month we're going to give you tips on how to do that in just a second number five Always have an exit plan. By the way, this goes for everything, not just Halloween, but you want to have an exit strategy because if you're going to a Halloween party and it gets too intense, you want to have a get out. This can be life-saving. I'll tell you why in a second. Number six, make a plan, but be flexible. It's so good to plan, but when the chips fall where they fall, you got to be ready to just do what's in front of you, right? So we got to be flexible. Number seven, Stop while you're ahead. Like a lot of people, you probably have a plan to hit 37 houses or more, uh, and that may not be the thing. If you go and you go to five houses and they're having a good time, it's okay to call it quits. We'll talk more about this in a second. Number eight, plan a short reward at home. There has to be something that encourages them to go home when the trick-or-treating is over, all right? Number nine, Keep boundaries about the sugar and the artificial color intake or the next couple of days of your life will be a living, screaming hell. Let's not do that to ourselves or to our kids, right? And number 10, remember to enjoy it. <laughs> Everybody take a breath and let's remember to enjoy it. And there's one last thing uh, that when we go through the longer one, I'm going to give you a tip about getting pictures, photos. Because you know, if you didn't take a picture, it didn't happen in today's world. So I'll talk about that in just a second. So now let's reset, and we'll go back through them and enjoy these. I do want to go back one slide, though, because I didn't talk about that slide. About the first thing that you want to do to set this up to be successful is that you got to stop and think about what will your kid enjoy. All kids are not different. They don't... Um, so it's the one before number one, uh, Chris, if you don't mind, that one. Yeah. You really, I want to I drill down on this for just a second because all kids are not the same. You might have an idea in your head about what Halloween was like when you were a kid, and you're chasing that. I'm sending you a hug. It's okay to want the Halloween that you had when you were a kid for your kid, except that you got to be realistic about it. It's not the same. The world is not the same as when you were, were a kid. But think about what are the things that were important to you when it was Halloween that your kid might like. You might have been somebody who liked all the scary things. If you have a child who doesn't like all the scary things, then go to the scary Halloween thing when you have a night off 
and do something that's more about pumpkins with your child, right? And I know it's like, oh, Shannon, of course we would all think about this. But, you know, the funny thing about holidays is we get caught up in our own stuff and that expectation of, I really want this because that's what I had. And we start to feel grief that maybe our kiddo can't have it. I just want to put it into all of our minds that perhaps there's something even better for them, right? And that has to be our guiding light. What is it that they actually enjoy? We're going to stretch them to see if they can enjoy more stuff, but let's start with what they actually enjoy. If you know that you've got a kid who likes to draw, then you're looking for a pumpkin drawing contest, not a pumpkin carving contest. Or maybe you create the pumpkin drawing contest, right? So always keeping in mind the individual and what are they into instead of trying to fit them into what we like right? We wouldn't like that. If somebody told you, okay, this is how we're going to celebrate and, you know, and it wasn't your thing, you would be kind of a tits, right? So let's not do that to our kids. Okay, now we can get started. So our number one tip was to order that costume ASAP. And I'm going to say this for a bunch of different reasons. First of all, the costumes are flying off the shelves and you don't want to be the mom who your kiddo really wants to be this thing and there are none left, right? That You don't want that to be your story. And sometimes the costumes go up in price for a little while, and then they go down in price after Halloween. Get it now. Just have it be done. Because, you know, there are going to be elements of this costume that are going to have sensory aspects to them, right? And it's better for us to have it so that we can do number two, which is rehearse. Once you have that costume, you are going to start rehearsing all, and you can start rehearsing even without the costume, right? But I, I was saying on Wednesday that I remember the year that my son wanted to be Spock because the new Star Trek movies were out, and he wanted to be Spock as, as a Trekker. I, not a Trekkie, Trekker, thank you very much. I loved that he wanted to be Spock. Well, that meant there was a wig and that there were ears, and then there was the shirt and pants, and there was a, a belt that had to be buckled, and the little, you know, the, what do you, I don't, I'm a trekker, and I can't think what the thing is called, but the pin, you know, that they hit um, and, and can talk to each other. Very big deal. He had to have the pin, right? Um, but the ears proved, I thought the wig was going to be a big deal, but my kid loves hats, and to him a wig was a hat, right? But the ears uh, were the problem, right? And, and there was the whole thing about being able to do this, because, you know, to be Spock, you have to be able to do this. I'm holding up my hands and doing the gesture, the live long and prosper, you guys. So um, we started rehearsing, and even before we got the ears, we started rehearsing with the hand thing and for him to say live long and prosper, uh, years before that, we would rehearse the trick-or-treat, right? And there were years that he, there was at least two years that he trick-or-treated that he couldn't say trick-or-treat, um, that that was, you know, he just wasn't capable of, of saying that. But, you know, he, we would rehearse holding out the pumpkin. And basically, there are lots of different ways that you rehearse. And this should be fun for everybody. One of the things that we did was we took all the doors in our house, and at that point we were living in this tiny condo, so there weren't that many, but we closed all of the doors, including the bathroom door, and we put Halloween decorations on all of the doors, right? And my husband and I would take turns 
one of us would be on the other side of the door and we would walk up to the door and my son would knock on the door and either hold out his pumpkin or say trick or treat, right? Because here's the deal. We are teaching our children all about the world right now. And we're teaching them about societies and the rules and all of these things. Be afraid of strangers. Don't, you know, go up to a stranger. Don't take candy from anybody, right? And then one day out of the year, we all lose our minds and break all the rules. Our kids don't understand that. And, you know, even for uh, typically developing kids, the first couple of Halloweens, they're like, wait, what? And, and then they go, oh, this is so much fun. Can we do it tomorrow? And they don't understand it happens one day out of the year. You really got to think about our kids who don't have language and what are they thinking and how are they understanding. So we're going to pair that this is fun, that we're going to put on some sort of a costume, pretend that we're somebody else. We're going to knock on doors and there's a whole set of behavior that we engage in when we do this and it's called Halloween. And we're going to be clear that these are the rules of Halloween. And we keep rehearsing those things so that it isn't this weird thing when it comes time to do it. So we start with rehearsing in our own home and knocking on the door and, and taking the candy and putting it in the pumpkin and then walking to the next door. A lot of times for our kiddos, especially the little ones, that's the hardest part because they stand there and they want to look at the, the brightly colored paper that's in their pumpkin and the other kids, the neighborhood kids, have run on to the next house. So we practice getting the candy and then, okay, it's time to go to the next one, right? And we make it as fun as possible. They go, they knock on the bedroom door. And mom or dad answers the door and says, hello, happy Halloween. And our kiddo either says trick or treat or live long and prosper or just holds out the pumpkin, right? And we want to be heavily rewarding the child for doing this behavior. We're praising and going, good job. Let's go to the next door right? So that they get a muscle memory for what this is and they understand, hey, there's an element of this that's super fun. Because on the night, there's going to be a lot going on. It's going to be dark. There's going to be lots of costumes. There's going to be blow-up dinosaurs walking by them. It's weird, right? And we want for them to have this muscle memory. I go to the door. I knock or ring the doorbell. Once we've done it in the house many times and it's fun, then we want to go outside and do it to the outside of our door, right? So we're teaching them, oh, it's not just inside, it's outside too. Um, and then if we can get the neighbors to participate and say, or your mother-in-law or somebody that you can drive over to their house and say, hey, he's going to come and practice trick-or-treating, right? Um, you pull other people in, and I'll bet you that you can find other parents who are like, oh, my kid needs to rehearse that too. Can we rehearse it together? So that's what the rehearsal is all about, is showing them this is fun, this, you know, it's weird. And then I would even say it's time to do it then. If you're going to be trick-or-treating in dark, I know that's always a thing. I, I really encourage you with little ones that you don't, that you go while it's still light earlier in the day. But if you have older kids or you really set on or the people you're going with are doing it at night, then rehearse it at night too. Um, and as you get closer to the date, people will have their decorations up. I find often the decorations are very scary for our kids. Um, and so if they get more opportunity to see it, and then you think if there's a scary house, you either walk on the other side of the street or you practice, you rehearse walking by it in the day and go, look, look, it's just a fake candle. It's a fake skeleton. 
ask the neighbor if they can touch and see that it's fake, and then you come back at night so that they remember, no, I saw it during the day. It's just make-believe, right? Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. It's, there's a reason why we rehearse doing things like a fire drill, right? Because then our bodies remember that when there is time for panic. So I'm a huge fan of rehearsal. Okay, number three, we got to make rules about standing because it's, it's craziness. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's craziness. This whole idea when we all know sugar is not good for anybody, right, that we have all this mayhem in one night and the kids go, oh, this is, this is my candy and I can have as much of it as I want. So just decide right now, what are your rules? Uh, I can tell you, and I detail this in my book, that because diabetes runs so much in our family, my pediatrician said to me when my child was born, don't give him fruit juice, do not give him sugar. He just was adamant. He was like, don't set him up to be diabetic. And I took that very, very seriously. In fact, I mean, Nava Paskowitz, if you're watching, because Nava read my book and was like, oh, she felt so bad and hugged my son. And, and she was like, your mom didn't let you have candy when you were a child? Um, and I didn't. When he was little, he didn't know what candy was. So when people were putting the candy into his bucket, he thought it was colorful paper. And he thought it was really cool and he wanted to play with the papers. He did not understand that there was sugar inside. Now, before you judge me and have me carted off to the funny farm, uh, there was, you know, something to my madness. We made sure that he, it's a reward, right? The candy in the bucket is a reward. We made sure that he got a reward. In our family, we had the Lego fairy. And he would go from house to house, and he would get all the candy. We'd say, get a lot of candy because the Lego fairy loves candy. And when we were done and we came home, and we're going to talk about the thing you do when you come home, but we took and dumped all of the candy on the dining room table for the Lego fairy. Now, when I was a kid, back, you know, in the, I was trick-or-treating in the 60s, y'all. And my parents, we would come back, and the candy would be dumped, and my dad would go through and go, this is safe, this is not safe, and then that was our candy, right? So there's always been some sort of ritual, I think, for all people about the candy comes home and something happens, right? But for us, we didn't bother going through what's safe and what's not. We dumped it all on the table and said, that's for the Lego fairy. We're going to bed now. And in the night, the Lego fairy would come, take all of the candy, and leave a Lego, on the table and the more candy the bigger the lego right and my son would get up the morning after halloween he'd come downstairs and he'd be so excited it'd be like christmas <gasps> look what the lego fairy brought he never missed out right and i didn't go through four days of hangover now that's extreme and for some of you you're like ah it's too late cat's out of the bag my child knows what candy is shannon i can't take it away from him i totally totally get that but you can put limits on this and I want you to set whatever that limit is now for Halloween so that when you're rehearsing, you're bringing that up and saying, look, you got candy. And you know the rule. You get to have one piece a day or two pieces a day or whatever your rule is. But decide now because later I'm going to ask you to enforce it like military. Okay? Um, make the rule right now. All right. Number four. I want you to celebrate this all, like start now. We're here at the end of September, but there's, you know, there's already Halloween things. There's pumpkin patches already, and there's, you know, pumpkin carving contests, and there's decorating. 
And I think if you do just a little every day, that you get the feeling of the full holiday without the overwhelm, right? That it may be today that you make Halloween cookies or um, because we're not big on sugar in our house, I got one of those pans that is skeletons and we take um, gluten-free dough and and make pizzas in them. So you put just a piece of dough, flatten it out, and you put it in the skeleton thing, and you put a little bit of tomato sauce and a little bit of non-dairy cheese, and then you slap the other part on, and it bakes, and it looks like a skull, right? And you bite into it, and it looks like it's bleeding and gushing. It's really super fabulous. Um, but, you know, I can make that at the end of September. I can make it on October 10th. I don't have to wait and serve that at Halloween right? So I really encourage you to start by decorating in some small way and having your child help. Uh, we really had, um, we were, I remember one Halloween we were working on cutting skills. So I printed out a bunch of pumpkins and ghosts and we sat at the table and practiced with the scissors cutting out and, you know, he got better as time went on. And then once he would cut something out, I would say, okay, where do you want to cut it? I'd put tape on the back of it and say, where are you going to put that ghost, right? And it was an immediate reinforcer for having cut the ghost out, right? And it helped us to get into the mood of it, but it, it can't all be on one day. That's so overwhelming to us, and it's really sensory fry for our kiddos on the spectrum because, it, you know, it's too overwhelming. So little increments celebrate every day. It can be just baking something today, decorating something tomorrow, going to a Halloween store the day after. You know, little things, one thing at a time. And, and I encourage you to, you know, look at your calendar, either on your phone or on the wall or wherever you keep your calendar, and, and schedule some things in and go, okay, so this week is when we're going to go to the pumpkin patch. I loved taking my son to the pumpkin patch. It was so... It was a great outdoor thing. They, they have activities at different uh, pumpkin patches. He got to be around other kids. We got to be out as a family. I do encourage you to make sure that you have enough support if you have multiple kids that you have one person on the child on the spectrum because there's so many things to run and do when there's kids running everywhere and you don't want to lose your child at the pumpkin patch. I have had that happen with a neurotypical kid. I can't imagine I wouldn't be able to live through it if I lost a, a kiddo on the spectrum at the pumpkin patch, so don't do that. If you've got a child that is, like, running and going places, make sure one person is assigned to that person. Take one of your behavioral aids with you to the pumpkin patch. I certainly did that. But celebrate small ways all month long. Okay, let's move on to number five. Always have an exit plan. Okay, we talked about maybe going to a Halloween store. Uh, I know two kids, uh, one on the spectrum, one not on the spectrum, that at a certain age, our kids developmentally, they change, right? Uh, we see this with Santa Claus, that there's a certain age where, you know, you put a, a baby that's like a year old on Santa Claus's lap and they freak out, right? Then they go through a phase where they're fascinated by Santa Claus again, and then, and then a little bit older, kids are freaked out again. And it's the same kind of thing with Halloween, that it might be that last year your child was not freaked out about the scary man in the chains that greeted them on the, in the entrance into the Halloween store. But this year, it scares them so bad that they turn tail and run into traffic in the parking lot. So 
first of all, I want to encourage you, whenever you're going to something that is Halloween and has the potential, any potential to be scary, you got to know where the exits are and where your child may run to and make sure that you're prepared for that. Because I know two kids that have run into parking lots from being in stores where, because they ha always have something at the door. So I say, you know, holding two hands when you go in, right? And talking to them when you go in and making sure that they want to go in. And if they push back and don't want to go in, we don't force anybody, right? And that isn't the end of Halloween forever. I think listening to a kiddo when they're like, I don't want to go and going, okay, then we don't have to, is the quickest thing. Because then they see other people go and they're like, okay, I do want to go in, but I want you to hold on to me, right? And some of our kids don't have the ability to say that. But remember the phrase that I, the ex, I can't think what her name is, the expert who said, our kids vote with their hands and their feet. If, you, if they're holding on and they're holding for dear life and their feet are pointing that way, that's them telling you, I don't want to go in there. And we listen to that, right? But in everything that you do, and, and not just Halloween, you need to have an exit plan. If you're going to the mall and things start to degrade and you see that they are in a mood and it's not going well, you've got to have an exit strategy. Uh, okay, if things start to go south, we will leave. Um, it's a hard time in life when our kids are sorting through their sensory stuff and, and finding the ability to communicate, whether it's through typing or iconic language or vocally, to tell us what's going on. And sometimes we have to leave stuff. And it's devastating, right? But it's better to teach them, I will listen to you and I will trust you and I'm willing to sacrifice whatever this thing was that we were going to for you. You build that kind of trust with your kiddo and you'll find that you're able to do more stuff. So always have an exit plan. You're going to Aunt Bertha's Halloween party and you know things are going well and then all of a sudden your child, you can tell, you're watching and you see that things are starting to escalate because it's really noisy. And if you have an exit plan of, I, you know, I know that if anything happens, we're gonna go to the car and maybe you just sit in the car for 10 minutes and, and have quiet or maybe you go home, right? But always have it in the back of your head, if we need to leave, <coughs> excuse me, how are we gonna get out and what am I gonna say and whatever. And I'm of the opinion, you apologize to whoever later on, put your child first. And if the person doesn't understand that and says you left and didn't even say goodbye and you say my child was having a meltdown and if they don't get that, you know, that's somebody that is going to take a little bit more schooling to be your friend right now. Honor your kids, honor what they need, have an exit strategy, you'll never be sorry, right? Okay, number six, number six, make a plan and be flexible. Oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but I love to plan, 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 plan. Um, and, and yet nothing ever goes as planned. And that is life. And we have to accept that. So you can plan and say, okay, you know, here's what we're going to do on Halloween. We're going to put on the costume at 4 o'clock. And then my friends Patty and Rebecca are coming over with their kids. And we're going to trick or treat at 4.30. Right? Except Rebecca has something or gets stuck in traffic. And she's not there till 6. I mean, it just happens. Right? And if we are flexible, we are, whenever we are flexible, we are teaching our kids how to be flexible. 
I know that there is this thing that everybody thinks that kids on the spectrum are not noticing. It's we we know that's not true. We know that's not true. We talk to adults all the time, and they say, "Oh, I watched this happen, and I learned from that." So we need to be frontline showing flexibility. And if you have a plan, I think it helps you to be flexible. Because I don't know about you, but in my head, I go, oh, well, we're throwing away number three. <laughs> number three is gone. Rebecca didn't make it. So now we're going to punt. And what are we going to do instead? If you show your, and don't make that a secret. Say, okay, we had a plan, but now we're going to change the plan. And here's what we're going to do instead. And your child may have some feelings about that. You probably have some feelings about that, right? But if you show them, it's okay because we're still going to be doing something fun. That is one of the greatest tools to working towards flexibility with your child being a model. So have that plan. Be flexible. Or you can stew in the resentment of it didn't go the way that I planned, and the whole thing goes, and then your child will, will behave that way too. Don't do that. Don't make that choice. Make a plan. Be flexible. All right, let's move on to number seven, stopping while you're ahead. This is really, really hard because sometimes we plan, 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 and we go, oh, it's all going to be wonderful, and then the child is having a, a day where sensory things are not going to make it happen, right? And, you know, we, we have to be constantly – I know that it feels like, oh, why, do, why are we stuck with this? But I almost feel like it's a, a, a mixed blessing, right? Because we have to be aware and staying in tune with what's going on with our kiddo. Can I tell you one of the byproducts of that? It forces us to do that for ourselves. And that's not always easy, but it really is a gift. If we can stay present and be aware of, okay, I see that, you know, he's starting to be overwhelmed. It's often when we're starting to be overwhelmed, too. <coughs> so, excuse me, I've got a tickle. But um, if we can build in and say, I'm going to stop while I'm ahead, Instead of the previous thing that we always thought, which was, well, let's just push for one more. When you hear your head starting to do that, well, let's just try to do one more house, or let's go to one more store at the mall, or let's just stay up one more half hour, I want you to start to notice it and go, is that really the kind, loving thing to do? Can we give ourselves the grace of saying, this was fun, but that was enough? That is such a mentally healthy place, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm not good at giving that to myself, but I will do that for my son, and when I do it for him, it also reminds me, oh my gosh, I would rather stop. So don't try, if, you, if it's in your head and you're going with neighbors, and the idea was that you were going to go to 22 houses, and you find that after two, you're good and your child is good, that's a win. Let it go. Let it go, and it will go down in Halloween memory as being a great Halloween, and no one will go, no, you just didn't go to enough houses that year. There will be no you know, Russian judge giving you a four on it. You'll be fine. So enough is enough. Stop while you're ahead. Really good advice for all of us on all things. Okay, let's go ahead. I keep covering up my numbers. Let's go on to number eight. Okay, here is, a, somebody gave this to me, I wish I could remember who, but that it's really important because when you're calling it quits, sometimes we're like, oh no, but then it's over. And it's like um, Sally in the uh, It's a Great Pumpkin, oh no, I missed it, it's over, I have to wait a whole other year. 
So instead of having that feeling, we want to cap the night off with something fun. I do want to encourage you to make it not long so that we can all get to bed at a reasonable time, right? And this is really dependent on how old the kid is and what they're into. I can remember one year, because uh, as I said, sugar was not the thing, but we had uh, all-natural root beer that had some sugar in it, and it was when we're done, when we're done trick-or-treating, we had invited two friends to come over to watch uh, it's, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and we were going to have root beer floats with non-dairy ice cream and real root beer. And it was a big treat, right? So it was as soon as we're done, we're going to go home and we're going to watch that and we're going to have those root beer floats. Uh, I do want to say it was caffeine-free root beer uh, because you want them to go to bed and go to sleep at night, right? But other times, we, you know, when my son got a little bit older, it was, you know, as soon as we go home, you get to hand out the candy. And we had a whole setup where he could look like a mad scientist handing out the candy. That was more fun for him. He couldn't wait to go home and do it, right? Um, other times it was, you know, you go home and you get to have popcorn and friends over to watch the scary movie. But have something that makes coming home the, you know, the, the big treat at the end. Just don't have it be something that's longer than you want to stay up for. Because otherwise the night goes on forever and ever and you will be tired. So short reward back at the homestead really caps off the night and makes it wonderful. Uh, okay, and, uh, and number nine, we're revisiting the sugar and the artificial colors and flavors. Whatever you set up as the boundary, now you're going to have to carry it through. You're going to have to be military precision on this. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to whine and want more. And probably your significant other is going to go, it's Halloween. Why don't you just let them have two more pieces, right? I just want to be the devil's advocate here and say, the more sugar and the more artificial colors that you put into the system on any given time, the worse your night's going to be, the worse the next two days are going to be. I know that is not what anybody wants to hear, but it's the truth. Now, if you, you know, make your decisions, like you may be somebody who's like, no, no artificial colors, right? And you only got candy and only allow them to have candy. That does, and they're everywhere. You can go to Target now and get co colorful, beautiful, tasty candy that only has natural sugar in it. It's still sugar, but it doesn't have any artificial colors. And I'm really a big fan of that because if what we're working on is behavior, when you put artificial colors and a whole bunch of sugar in, it's like you're going, I really don't care what behavior we get for the next 48 hours. And I just don't think that that's a recipe for success. But I know people cling to this. And I've said to you, set whatever boundaries you want. Um, but now I'm asking you to hold fast to this and, and give rewards for not whining about what the rule is, right? Say to your significant other, I need you to have my back on this. Uh, don't make me the heavy on this, right? Uh, have other treats and things that are rewarding to kind of mitigate it, but hold fast to this. I remember once uh, my mother came to visit, God bless my mother in heaven, right? She would not appreciate me telling her on this. But my mother was somebody who was really into sugar. Sugar was a big reinforcer for her. And, um, you know, she knew that my child wasn't having sugar. 
She made me stop at a Dairy Queen on the way from picking her up on the plane. She got Dairy Queen. We came home. My son was in the middle of having therapy. I turned my back for a second, and my mother took a big wad of ice cream. We weren't doing dairy or sugar, and she, and in his mouth, I turned around, and my child was spitting it out everywhere, going, ah, ah. Um, and, and I said, what did you do? And she said, well, he's a child. He deserves to be able to taste ice cream. Are you really going to have him go through his whole life and not be able to have ice cream? And I said, oh, okay, Mom. Uh, you know, I didn't realize it was so important to you. I said, we absolutely can let him have ice cream while you're here. And she's like, really? You're going to relent on that? I said, yes. He won't be able to talk while you're here. Um, but if it's more important to you that he have the milk and the sugar, sure, we'll let him eat ice cream while you're here. You're here for two weeks, and he won't be able to talk for these two weeks and probably the week after you leave. But if it's that important to you, and my mother went, is that really what's at stake? And I said, for my kid, yes, yes, um, that is the deal. If he's pumped up on sugar, he won't be able to learn. Uh, and if he has dairy, he, he, we've seen his language goes away. But if it's important, she went, I feel so bad. And I went, it's up to you, <laughs> you know, because I wasn't going to argue with her about it. But <clears throat> excuse me, I got to say, it really brought it home for her. And, and she was like, well, no, I don't think that ice cream is more important than him talking. And I said, great, I feel that way too, so let's not have this conversation then, right? Um, and that is what it was for me. It was, do I want him to be able to talk and learn, or do I want him to be able to participate in this sugar thing? I know I sound like a zealot. Um, but can I also tell you what that has led to in his life as an adult? Um, my son, you know, has candy now, and he has artificial flavors now, and it's hysterical because every once in a while he'll be like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd really like to have some Skittles. And we go, yeah, you know, and he, he's an adult. He goes to the store, he buys Skittles for himself. He'll get the little bag that most people would eat at a setting and be like, I could, I could eat more, but I'm not going to, right? My son will open the bag, have two of them, and then it will sit there on his desk in front of him for six months until I go, you know, we're going to get ants if you don't throw that away. Um, he, he's like, oh, I had to. That's enough. He does, his sugar is not tied to a childhood memory. I feel that for many of us, it is tied to a childhood memory, says the woman who needs to lose a lot of weight. Um, but um, I, the point here is I want you guys set your own boundaries. You decide what the rule is, not my rule. You decide what the rule is, but then stick to it. Have your principles about this is how much we're going to allow, and that's it, no matter the one. Uh, it sets a good example. Okay, number 10, uh, that I, this is for you. Because we, we said in the beginning we want to make sure that it's something that's enjoyable for your kiddo. But now I'm saying to you, make sure that you enjoy it. I remember the year that my son wanted to be the blow-up dinosaur, you know, the one that comes, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it's hilarious, right? Um, <clears throat> and we got the costume ahead of time. We practiced with the costume. We practiced him walking because your visual field is different. He was a little bit older then. Um, and we, pr we practiced him being able to walk around, do all these things. We made all of these plans for it, right? But what did I say? We have to be flexible. And then the night of, his friends came over, and they were getting ready to trick-or-treat. And because we had practiced so much with the blow-up thing, it just didn't want to work on the night of. And so it kept filling up the costume 
just enough to look wonky, but not to have the head be stable. And, and, and I just was beside myself. It was like the whole thing was ruined, and I was like, oh, no. And I really have to say kudos to my husband because he pulled me aside. He said, do you look at what's happening? And my son had taken the costume, the head off, and just zipped it up to his neck, and he was having the best time with the dress. He was, he was you know, just so happy. They were trick-or-treating. My husband and I were, like, you know, just there but way off to the distance, and his friends were going and doing whatever. They were meeting other friends. They were standing in the street. They were laughing. My son didn't care a whit about the costume. And my husband said to me, honey, you, like, did so much to make tonight be great. Now you just got to enjoy it, right? And I was able to stop and go, yes. And that is what I remember about that Halloween was that, first of all, I was about to not enjoy it at all. And that truly my son was enjoying the thing. That, in fact, as I look back at every Halloween, I started to tell this Fox story. Um, I remember we, you know, we went to, like, two houses, and my son couldn't pick one of the ears. And he, you know, put, took the ear and put it in a pumpkin. I was like, that's fine. Took, uh, you know, two more houses. The other ear came off and went in a pumpkin. And everyone survived. No one died from the, the ears being in the pumpkin. You know what I mean? And we, we have to, like, allow ourselves to just be in the moment. And as I look back on all the different Halloweens, he had a good time. And he remembers Halloween as being a really happy, good time with friends. And he got a chance to, you know, there were years when he wasn't so good at the social thing. He doesn't remember that. He remembers that we had root beer floats and his friends came, right? So we have to remember to enjoy it, which brings me to the last thing. I know I, I didn't put it down as 11, but, but here is my um, note about taking pictures um, that I promised at the beginning. There is a whole thing about in our social media now that if you didn't take a picture it didn't happen and I dislike that but here's what else we know too that visual memory is a very strong thing and that years go by and you can't remember everything right but having a visual representation of something helps you to remember something and it's very interesting the revisionist history that will come from a picture but I do think it's important to commemorate things with your child and take pictures as well as videos, right? But it can be very hard on the night of Halloween to get a perfect picture that in the costume, with the friends, with the whatever. So here is my advice for that. While you are rehearsing the costume, take pictures and see if you can get the perfect picture. The other thing that I would do is that when these photo studios have a you know free eight by 10, usually around this time of year, we would put the costume on and rehearse by going to the mall and going to JCPenney and getting a professional picture taken in the costume. It wasn't very much because I would have the free 8x10, right? So it might be 10 bucks for the sitting. We used to do this at Walmart. I don't know if Walmart still has photo studios, but it was really inexpensive at Walmart. And almost every year from his childhood, I have a picture of him in the costume. It's a beautiful picture that I could never have taken, and I can remember each Halloween right? But also, he got to practice being in the costume. And it also made it so that if he didn't wear the whole thing on the night, I really didn't care because I had the picture. And later on, he can't see himself, right? So he couldn't see 
I mean, he, he was old enough that he was aware of the fact that he didn't have the dinosaur thing over his head, right? But in his memory, we have the picture of him with his friends, because that night I took a picture before it deflated. He, he looks at it, and he remembers being in the dinosaur costume with his friends, because that's how memories work. So I'm asking you, take pictures as you rehearse. Have your camera with you on the night of, but I encourage you to take more video than pictures because lighting is going to be a nightmare. But have something to commemorate it with. It will also help you if you're having anxiety about things that are going on. It gives you a job that you're taking a picture of. But don't take pictures to the point where you are not participating. Every once in a while, hand the camera off to someone else and say, you take some pictures for a while so that you are also engaged. You won't, I've never heard of anybody who got to an age and said, oh my gosh, if I could do it over again, I would take less pictures and less videos. Nobody, nobody ever says that. So take pictures, don't be afraid. Now that it's digital, it's not like it's cost you money for the film, you can always fix them later on if you don't want them, right? Take pictures, someone will be happy, you will likely be happy that you did, and it will also help you later on as your child grows and learns. You're going to help them to, you know, we were talking about this with Dr. Grampishay the other day about, you know, all the things that you need to learn to be able to do language. And we were talking about those intraverbals, that intraverbals are the things that you're able to respond that nobody has said. So we teach you, you know, what is it? It's an apple, right? And then later on you say to them, what's something you like to eat? And, it, and they respond, an apple, that's an interverbal, because nobody said apple, nobody pointed to an apple, right? But in order to get to interverbals, you have to set up sort of files in your brain and classify things. The Temple Grandin does a wonderful TED Talk on this, about visual memory and how things are in files and what her files look like, um, you know, that our, that our kids will have, you know, foods that they like in a file in their brain with a picture that pops up. So having commemorated things, Halloween and other things, with pictures and showing to, them, to your child, super beneficial. I also encourage you at some point to hand the camera to your child. If it's one that is safe enough and your child is safe enough, I, we always have a camera and a toy guide because it's a powerful thing to let them take pictures. Uh, we have a whole book of photographs that my son took when he was five that honestly, um, you know, we got it just for ourselves, but I, I would love to publish it because it, it was beautiful pictures and it showed to us his view of the world, right? Um, amazing, amazing stuff. So please take pictures. I, I encourage you to get a very inexpensive but good digital camera that you can take with you everywhere. You have your phone now. You can always take pictures with your phone. Um, you know, uh, pay for the, the extra case so that if your child drops it in the puddle, it's not the end of your world, right? Or have insurance on your phone. Let them take pictures. You take pictures. Um, you'll be happy that you did. All right. <laughs> we, that was everything, and I didn't take a breath. But uh, so thrilled that we had an opportunity to go through this because I think – that if you, if you start engaging in those Halloween things now and get that costume now, you're going to see that it's so much easier than the tussle 
than it could be on the day of when you're trying to get them into the costumes and they're like, what is happening? Why have you thrown all the rules to the world out and everything is on fire? Because there's flames, fake flames everywhere. I, when I think of it that way, uh, the way that it must be for a three-year-old on the spectrum, it's like, have they all lost their minds? Um, it's, it's got to be scary and off-putting for them. So let's help them. I will say, too, that watching um, Halloween specials and Halloween movies leading up to Halloween, that also helps our kids to be able to understand what's happening and that it's okay and that it's not this scary place. Um, but if your child is completely frightened um, and sensory so overwhelmed by Halloween, I hope that you will pare it down and this year just trick or treat in your house. And you can set it up, go door to door, and you can have them, you know, put on a clown nose, whatever they're willing to do, put on a funny pair of shoes, um, take them to their closet and say, just with the things that they have, who would you like to dress as? My son loved to dress up as Candy Manny, and, and he would take his own clothes and do it, but he would, you know, put on his hat a certain way and he would be Handy Manny. All of that is creative energy. Um, and very useful for them. So whatever speed, whatever place you need to do it, enjoy it, have them enjoy it. Those are the important things. All right, that's all I have to say on that. I do have a couple of programming notes for you. I think we probably will re-air this on Monday um, so that people who are used to tuning in at a certain, a certain time are able to see this on Monday because I think it's timely. Right, um, But then on Tuesday, we are going to do a live Ask Dr. Green while she is in Saudi Arabia. So we've done that before. We're, we're going to hope and pray that the Internet holds out and that we're able to do, because we've already got questions for her, and she's excited to do the show on Tuesday. And then um, I think we'll be doing another Autism Live on Wednesday. We're coming back to our full schedule uh, and getting geared up towards uh, our full schedule, but stay tuned because the schedule is likely going to change a little bit. But we appreciate you guys hanging with us, and uh, we've got so uh, the toys are already arriving, you guys, for the toy guide. The Art Festival of Toys is going to be just completely off the chain this year. So very excited about that. Really fun choices for you guys, for your kiddos of all ages and all abilities. Um, you know I love the toy hunt. Oh, my goodness. This is my favorite time of the year as we rev up for all of these holidays in a row. And when we can get our kids to enjoy them, oh, it's such a good time. Such a, such a good time. So I thank you guys for being here and sticking with us. We will be back next week. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.